0: You're listening to episode 157 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. Living an exceptional life. What does that mean to you? I think that's a perfect question to think about during today's episode because let me tell you, if you don't start thinking about it now, you will definitely be thinking about it by the end of this episode. So I'm just trying to give you a head start, okay? Today's guest is Eric Yusko. Eric is the founder of Man of Class. Man of Class podcast and the exceptional life strategist for those men who believe there's a lot more to life than just the daily grind. Eric and I talk about so dang much. There is a lot to unpack, from healthy masculinity to losing your man card to leaning into your purpose. I mean, seriously, you are in for a treat. Before I introduce you to Eric, I actually have something to admit. I'm slightly embarrassed to even share this because as i'm headed into year 3 of the podcast i realized something about 2 weeks ago i noticed that the podcast was not on google podcasts now this may not seem like a big deal to you but i have mentioned that this is on google podcasts i don't know about 5 dozen times in the past couple of years saying oh you can find my podcast on google podcasts without realizing it wasn't there so I guess when I was setting up the app distribution two years ago, I didn't fully complete the Google Podcast setup, um, which explains why my stats have never shown listeners from Google. This entire time, I truly thought that no one used the platform to listen to podcasts. (laughs) Whoops. Anyways, as I'm sure you can guess, I'm officially official on Google Podcasts now. I, I can't even say Google Podcasts anymore. But as a bonus, you can now find the podcast on Amazon Music as well. I'm trying to get it on Pandora, so hang tight, cross your fingers, do a little dance for luck, and I will keep you posted as I learn more. Okay, now that I have made my confessions, let's get to the good stuff. This week's guest—you know what to do. Tune in, turn it up, let's go.
1: with everyday world shifters, truth seekers, and rule breakers. Here's your host,
0: Lauren Smith. Hey, Eric. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here.
0: You know, I read on your website that you grew up on a farm and now you're in this space of helping men. So I just feel like there's a good story of how you got to point A, maybe to point B, or maybe it's point Z. But will you share a little of your journey with us and how you became a life strategist?
1: Of course. Yeah. I, so growing up on a farm, I was very humble upbringing. So I, working on a farm, just like all the TV shows and the movies tell us, right? Shoveling crap and and doing hay and all the all the fun stuff out in the country. but um, I kind of had evolved and and went through engineering school and moved into a bigger city. It was funny the first time I ever moved to a city. I moved. I went to college in um, Akron, Ohio, and it's a very small city. For those that, that don't know, it's kind of like the the sister of Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. And the first time I went, I was like, oh my gosh, like this is such a big city because I was so used to just you know the farm farm countries. life. Yeah. And it was funny because people that were there, they're laughing at me and they're like, sure, okay. And I, the first time I went to New York city, I was like, okay, I just like, this is <laughs> this, this is is like, a, city. Oh, to a whole new level. Like this is a city. So um, but I've always been attracted to people and just really connecting. And I've always found myself being that guy that had really helped people uh, all throughout, whether it was high school or college or even post-college, people would come to me with relationship questions and the, you know, I, I, Eric, how do I do with this? Like, I just don't feel this way. Like, what do I do here? And so many times people would tell me, you know, you, you'd you be like a really great coach. Like you should really get into coaching. Well, it was before the whole coaching really kind of take took place.
0: Right.
1: And I would always be like, yeah, yeah. Like that's a dream. Like that I would love to go do that. But you know, just, I just, I'm going to kind of keep my eyes set on engineering. And it wasn't until I was actually sitting on the couch with my wife. Um, Cause we're down in Cincinnati now. And I got off the phone with a buddy who's going through some really hard times. And after I got off the phone, my, my wife turned to me and she said, "You would be a really good coach." Now, if there's one thing that the universe, God, whatever it is that you know everyone believes, is when my wife says something, I better
0: listen. <laughs> yeah. This is
1: <laughs> this is this everyone is should up. listen
0: to that advice. Yeah.
1: <laughs> That's right. Just take that and, and run. But it was one of those where I've had to learn that lesson many times where I would be like, no, 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 I'm going to do it my way. And then I end up doing it her way. And she's like, if you just listen to me, your life would be so much easier. (laughs) So when, so when she said that, it really took me by surprise because I'm like, something is knocking, right? We all have that voice that's knocking on the inside of us. It's like, Hey, hello, I'm here. If you're not going to pay attention to me, I will still knock, right? They're like that salesman, like never goes away. Like they are always knocking. And so I was like, let me take a deeper look at this. And so um, I went through and, and went through coaching school and then really started to build out what my biggest need was or like what the need that I saw in the world was. And that was really men. You know, there's uh, women have done a great job of the movement of empowered women empower women, mm. but men are still too busy trying to figure out what it means to be a real man mm. instead of actually empowering and helping men. So I'm like, yeah. let's start there. Because <laughs> if we can help that whole collective goodness, right, then, then everyone is going to be empowering people instead of shooting on them or, you know, telling them that, you know, they ought to go do something or they ought to go do something else and, and really start to build people up instead of tearing them down. Mm-hmm. And so that's really kind of how I stumbled into this space of, of being a life strategist because I think all of us have that exceptional life, that burning desire inside of us for that ideal life. We oftentimes either A, don't pay attention to it, or B, don't really know how to go get it.
0: Mm. It seems too far away. Yes. Oh my goodness. So, so much. I just like want to dissect right now, but three (laughs) cheers to your wife for giving you that nudge and for you listening, because it sounds like that was really a pivotal point in your life where you just really leaned into your purpose. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So many people struggle with that of understanding their purpose and not only just understanding it, but living in it. Why do you think that is like, why, and how do we figure out what our purpose is?
1: Those are two very profound questions. And the first one of, you know, um, I'm trying to break Under, down. I like, think, delineation. Underst- I think I
0: said, understanding our purpose first. So how do we, we'll start there. How do we really okay. understand what our purpose is? I, it's
1: the thing that I always go back to is when you, cause if you talk to most people and they say, you know, what is it that you really want? They're like, Oh, like I want money. And you're like, okay, well, if you had all the money, then what? Well, then I'd just retire. And I'm like, okay, well, once you got tired of sitting on the beach for let's say 30 days, cause to be honest, you know, you can sit on the beach for so long before something inside of you is like, but let's go do something different. And it's like, once you get away or work your way through some of that is when you can start to open up and sort of allow that inner voice to come out that purpose, Mm. because that purpose is in some ways it's like hidden behind so many layers of insecurities and fears and doubts. So it's, it's such a hard treacherous path that, people, you know, it's like, it's in there, but it's, it's how do you tap into that? And it's not until you can kind of work your way through or like chip through some of those insecurities where it's like, okay, literally if, if you had a genie and all your wishes were granted, like, what would you do with your day? Mm. Like, if you didn't have to worry about time, if you didn't have to worry about money, if you didn't have to worry about all these different things, like, what is it that is your gift? And it, it is hard for people to see their gifts because they always see our mind always tries to find what we don't have. It's a weird, like, it's a weird thing. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't quite figured out why, but it's like, it's so easy to find what we don't have than what we have. Like, tell me what you are not good at. And people will be like, I'll tell you all day long, all the stuff I'm horrible at. Yeah. That's so true. Tell me what you're good at. And everyone's like, uh, like a good person, I think. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Like you really have to struggle for that answer because, and then you're like, well, there's a level of self-awareness that you're not tapped into as well. Yes. Yeah. That's huge. I once heard, and I I can't remember who it was from, but it was something to the fact of like, we're always saying like, if I had this, I would be happy. Like we're always reaching for Mm -hmm. things that would make us happy without just really Mm -hmm. staying around and looking at what we already have. And that's kind of what I feel like it comes back to. To listening to that that inner voice within you and and chipping away some of those fears,
1: yeah, no, Um, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, The mind is a tricky place, but there's there's a lot of power if you can tap into, start getting some of that self awareness and getting some clarity around that. Your whole life can really open up.
0: Yeah, because self awareness is powerful in itself. Like you could you can do whatever you want all day long, but if you don't truly know yourself, you can't expect anyone else to truly know you as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. Oh
0: my goodness. Okay. So there's another point that you touched on and it was that men want to be a, or are trying to figure out what a real man is. And that just kind of made a light bulb go off because what is a real man or what is this definition or this story that men make up about what a real man is?
1: <laughs> it's funny. A, a mutual friend had asked me that question, Alan. And he's like, you know, right. what does it take to be a real man? And I said, I hate that question, Alan. I was like, I, first I'll tell you, I hate it. I said, and then the second reason is, is I'll tell you why. And he starts chuckling. He's like, okay, please lead with a why. Tell, tell yeah. me why. And I said, because, you know, we just as human beings kind of to touch on what we just had said is whatever, we always try to define things that are outside of us, mm. And so when men are saying, like, you know, what does it take to be a real man? They're like, oh, well, you know, let's say that they're, you know, some super power lifter, like the manliest of the manliest. And they say like, oh, like, you know, manliness is is this thing. And they're like, okay, like, would you consider yourself that? No, I don't. Mm. Okay. So what is it, you know, and we always do that, right? Somebody who thinks manliness is a little bit more compassion or a little bit more empathy. They don't have that, but they seek it and so our mind is in order to set something of of some type of achievement we always put the bar out in front of us and i think part of that the more i'm going through life and the more that i'm becoming more aware is because it's a life journey it's if we it it would almost be demotivating in a way yeah. because let's say if it was like you know in order to be a real man it's it's to be exactly who i am right now people would feel like, well, then I don't have anything else to live for. And you're like, well, no, those are two separate questions, right? You can be, let's say a real man or a real woman and still have ambitions to go after, right? You don't have to clip your wings short Mm. to define something that isn't to where you're at in life right now. Right. And so I think that's a powerful question, but I, I always hate the, you know, how do we define a real man? Because, you know, manliness has changed generationally. I know, you know, in the forties and fifties, it was different. The times were different. And then as we went, you know, so our grandfathers taught our, our fathers and it was sort of like, okay, kind of be that way. Then it was our generation and our fathers were like, don't do what we did. And you're like, perfect. So what do I do? And they said, ah, if I knew, I would tell you, but I don't know because yeah. I was never taught. So kind of go figure it out for yourself. And then we get into this weird, awkward trend where, guys are trying to figure stuff out and then there's this whole wave of of people that are saying like, oh, like men have become so passive in this generation or, been, you know, men have lost, and there's just all this this um, negativity and in, in all this trying to dissect and, and trying to, again, right, figure out the definition of what it needs to be a man versus just going and living however you define what that is. And so that's a lot of times what I help men with is, forget about, you know, a man has to bench press 4,000 pounds and, and, you know, whatever that that might be, you know, grow a beard or something, whatever society yeah. tells us that that is the thing. And what is it that, you know, how do you want to show up? How do you want to show up as a father? How do you want to show up as a spouse? Mm. Because those are, again, two different things. And, and if you want to wear pink shirts, and, you know, shorty shorts, then power to you, right? This, we're in a unique generation where we can literally do and express ourselves however we want to. Yeah. Which I love.
0: Yeah. But embrace it. Well, let's talk about the flip side of that because I feel like as soon as, as soon as you said pink shirt, I immediately thought of that phrase, like, Oh, if I wear a pink shirt, I'll lose my man card. So is Mm -hmm. like the fear of losing your quote unquote manhood. Like, is that a thing? Like do, do men fear that?
1: Yeah, they do. It's, and it's, it's really sad. Um, and I say it's really sad and, and my tone kind of changed because, you know, growing up on a farm, right? Rural area, there was, that was definitely that type of thing, right? Mm-hmm. Where um, manliness was like driving the truck and, the, and all this other stuff and it, talking about the man card, all those things were very present. And it actually was kind of breathtaking to get into a city, even though it was smaller, but into a city where, you could start to see more opinions and you didn't have to, you could, you could start to see more of a diverse set of ideas by so many different people. And then it started to get me into, when I look back at at overall history, like global history, so many tribes and different generations, there was always this thing of, you know, at that point, or, you know, there was some ceremony that like a man was then made right before it was just right. boyhood, then it was now he's a man. But women were just always born women, mm. right? They were always born with the, you know, nobody ever really questioned that there was no like, well, what does it take to be a real woman or like, you know, womanhood, there, there wasn't really that sort of delineation. It was just you were born and you're like, well, you're a woman, right? Right. And so I think because of so many different stories that we've heard, where it was like, you know, the the trial by fire to manhood, or he had to, you know, go slay a dragon, or he had to go do something. He had to have go his own hero journey in order to come back a man. Like, right, go leave the town as a boy, but come back as a man. Like all these stories that we've heard through so many different cultures and so many different historical examples has just so, sort of shown that it was like, You do something, then you get your man card or like then you become something. But it's it's such a fragile thing because then it can be just taken away from you versus literally, you know, if you broke down and cried or you did this or you, you know, grew a beard, chose not to grow a beard, whatever it was like, you're always going to be a man. It's just however that you want to express yourself as a man.
0: Right. Right. And so does coming, overcoming that fear just really involve like leaning into the person that you already are and like showing up boldly as yourself? Or how do you start overcoming that specific fear?
1: I think it's, again, that's a great, these are all great questions. I think um, it gets to that self-awareness and at some level we start to, and this is where age is always a fun thing. Because it's almost like after so long, you tend to, you know, when you talk to older people, you know, my grandparents are a great example. Like when they get into, you know, seventies and eighties, they're just like, I really don't even care anymore what people think. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Right. They're like, I've lived life. You could call, you know, you can call me, you can tell me whatever you want, label me, whatever. I really just don't even care anymore, but there's beauty in that. And so it's like, how do we pull that beauty forward? And I think it's, it's a lot of that self-awareness of, do you really, you know, fast forward in your own mind to when you're, when you are that age, if there's so much stuff that you wish you would have done, but you chose not to do because of the perceptions of others, mm. then how, you know, are how much regret are you going to have? And if you've ever had regret in any time of your life, you know, that it's completely soul sucking Yeah, because your mind is just sitting there replaying it going, I wish I would have said this. I wish I would have done this. Oh my God, I can't believe I said that. I can't believe I did. I can't believe I didn't go for that. Yeah. You know, that was a perfect opportunity. All the cards were on the table and all I had to do is step through the open door that was in front of me. Mm. And so I really truly believe that it's, it's that self-awareness and it's really starting to just embrace and realize, frankly, people don't, this sounds really weird, but it's like people don't care about your insecurities because they're so blind to their own insecurities. Yeah. Like in school, you know, everybody was always worried, like, oh my God, I got this pimple, like I don't want to go to class because everyone's gonna be like, oh my God, you know, pimple face and, and make fun of you for the whole world. They're so worried about their own pimples that they're not even looking at your your face. They're looking at you going, Oh, see, like, you know, they they woke up this morning and 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 this is how bad it makes me feel. They're so self-consumed in their own guilt mm. that they don't often live. And so then if you looked at the lens, if you looked at the world through that lens, you'd go, Why am I even wasting all this effort on What happens if I wear that pink shirt? And they take my man card away because they're so concerned about losing their own man card that it kind of gives me the freedom and flexibility to really live the life that I want to live. Right. And I may be that beacon of hope that maybe other people will say, you know, other guys might go, hmm. Well, they didn't kill him immediately, so okay, maybe I can go and and express myself a little bit better, right? Maybe Mm -hmm. I can express myself in a way that I want to. And it really starts to allow that empowerment movement, right, where we're empowering people to truly show up as their own authentic self instead of that version of people that we think that they should be in life. Mm,
0: I love diving into that, your own authentic self, because do you think that's where people start falling into the trap of like, they feel like they've lost their identity because then they were making choices that weren't aligned with themselves?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. A hundred percent.
0: Yeah. Cause I know like, I mean, I've had that point in life where you just look in the mirror and you're just like, who, who are you right now? You know, like it's, you're almost unrecognizable yes. and, and you have to, I mean, that in itself is like, a, it's a moment. Like if, if anyone's ever had that moment, you just realize like, Oh damn. But then you have to also be, be very conscious that you made choices to get to that point in life. And that you can also make choices to change your life, but change in itself is difficult. So why is change so hard to achieve for so many?
1: I'll, that's a great question. That I want to tell you a quick story. When you had said like you, like losing that identity, yeah, I was I was the worst at this. I would get into relationships, and I was so focused on the other person mm. that. It was, it was exactly that I would wake up one day and whether the, the relationship was ending or it was on its way of ending, I remembered so many times I'd go back to my parents and I'm like, I like, I don't even know. Cause they were like, well, we'll just go do what makes you happy. And I'm like, I, this sounds really weird, but like, I don't know what makes me happy. Yeah. And I remember being in that moment where it's like, you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, I don't even know who that is. Mm-hmm. And because you were so self-consumed with trying to be the person that that other, you know, person wanted you to be or, or who you wanted to try to emulate in that relationship that you get so lost. And then all of a sudden it's just like, oh boy, right? So yeah. this happens to everybody because I know everyone's in, in thinking in their mind, they're like, oh, like these two, they've never really had dealt with that. This is something that we all deal with and it's always... In different versions, right? Some people it could be in relationships. Some people it could just be in the workplace, right? They try to emulate who they are in the workplace, and they wake up one morning and they go, "I've been working ten years in a in a in a profession that I have no desire to be in." Right? What is wrong with me?
0: And right. then that
1: takes us to that very important question of what you just said, which is why is change so hard? Change really boils down to a pruning. Of our identity, mm. and the reason why it's so hard is the human brain has anywhere from 60 to 80,000 thoughts in a day, which is insane to think about.
0: It's super, insane. but your
1: brain is constantly like, Oh, that's green, that's blue, that's purple, you know, that's warm, it's cold out. Oh, I'm hungry. What I wonder if this person texts me back. All those thoughts kind of add up, and our brain is a great it's, it's almost like the pre artificial intelligence. It tries to streamline and conserve energy by using the subconscious and so what we do every single day once it knows how the story plays out like your drive to starbucks or driving to your parents or whatever that might be that becomes a program and your brain will then just be like oh put in this program okay you don't have to consciously think about i have to turn on my turn signal i have to stop at the stop sign i have to do all these things it really reduces that. Well take that example and then spread that to everything in life and what we find is that like 80% of the thoughts that we had yesterday are the same thoughts that we have today.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so then it just keeps compounding into tomorrow into the into Saturday into Sunday into Monday and Tuesday and it just keeps going and before you know it our thoughts become our beliefs and our beliefs becomes our identity and our identity becomes who are, who we are, right? The, the the strongest will in all of us is to live a life consistent with our identity. Mm. But that identity may be something that you really don't want. And that's okay. Right. If your identity isn't consistent, that's okay. Because you can consciously make that change. But what that, what that forces is at the very basic core is you almost have to try to take back some of those 60 to 80,000 thoughts in a day and reprogram what that means for you. So if you've told yourself like you're not valuable in a relationship, that's became your identity. Now you need to rewrite that to say I am worthy in that relationship and how does that look like and Mm -hmm. build into a new identity.
0: And that is part of of the inner work, and that's why they say like the longest journey is inward because that – I mean, (laughs) even if you say like sixty to 80,000 thoughts, so like that in (laughs) itself, like if someone's like, oh, man, like let's just start at one thought, right? But then I feel like (laughs) as you're on this journey of really just being more self-aware and trying to better yourself and overcome these limiting beliefs, it's like a little check mark. Like you realize Mm -hmm. once you've gotten past one – It's very seamless to then roll into the next and then roll into the next and then roll. And it's, you just keep going. And then I personally feel like you'll get to a certain point. I'm now at this point where when I recognize a negative thought, I'm very, very quick to bounce into gratitude. Like I've, mm. I've been able to Very train, well right. And I'm not, it's, I'm not perfect at it. Right. Like mm-hmm. We each have our own version of perfect. That's a whole different story, <laughs> but, but it, I've noticed that even in the past three years, how quickly I'm able to do it versus where I was last year or the year before that, because I'm just more mindful of it, of, mm-hmm. of taking those little tiny baby steps, but man, are they powerful?
1: Yes. It, it is. And that, that awareness, I, I love exactly what you just said. We're having that negative thought and it's like having gratitude. Cause so many people are quick to like, no, 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 cancel, cancel out that negative thought. Mm. But to, to really give that space and to give that gratitude of like, I'm actually aware of this. Yeah. Like I'm aware of what's going on instead of sort of just playing this program out. I actually saw this happening. So now I have that opportunity because we're always a choice and free will I can change that if I want. Like, how cool is that? Yeah.
0: Man, the the power of change. We sometimes forget that we we own that power. Mm-hmm. Oh, we have to lean into that way more. And okay, yes. so I have, I have a, a, a big question for you. This might Maybe be a meaty question. one. It might be a meaty Ooh. one. <laughs> what do you, you talk about living an exceptional life. What does living an exceptional life mean?
1: You, that, yes, that is a big meaty I question. I know
0: it's a meaty one, yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> and it's, and it's, it ties in beautifully to what you just said. We need to lean more into the fact that we have the capability of influencing change. So an exceptional life is really, it's like a life by your own design, but not just in the sense of like, well, sure, I woke up and I made the choice to do this and I made the choice, but like, what is it that you really want out of life. Like, what is your greatest potential? I always share with people, um, I believe that life is sort of this experience and sort of an experiment. And at the very end, you're going to walk into or, or you're going to be in a room and someone's going to walk in and that person that's going to walk in is your potential. Mm. And so that potential before the lights turn on, right, you just see a black shadow because it's just in darkness. You're When those lights turn on, It's either going to be you're going to turn on the lights and it's going to be an exact mirror reflection of you, at which point then you can just kind of gossip and have a great time of like, hey, all the cool stuff that we did. The worst case scenario is that the lights turn on and it's somebody who is a rock star who is somebody that you have maybe idled after. And you're like, Oh, like, I gotta wish I could just be on stage or I wish I could have started that business. Or I wish I you know, would be in a relationship, not just a relationship that, that passes the time, but a relationship that I just feel so over the top of being out in public with and just holding the hands and showing so much affection, like that idol. And when that happens, if you were to see that person, all of a sudden the words that they're going to say is it was all possible. I am your potential, I am everything that you could have been. And so an exceptional life to bring it back to that question is really the the, the first example, the lights turn on, and it's that mere reflection, and you're like, we did excellent, we this was an experiment that we really enjoyed not only the process of that inner work and, and, and gaining to all these different things, but also the results and the the fun, the joy, the happiness throughout life, because you really did look at your life as as a canvas that you could custom design. And if there's something that's not serving you, get it out of there. Mm-hmm. Put something in that's more empowering, something that you believe is c- connected to your purpose, but also allows you to have that fun flexibility and real enjoyment.
0: Wow. That is powerful. I love that exercise, like that mirror exercise and just the spin of it of you know, this, I am your potential. I think that is so powerful because that also makes you think about what my mama likes to call your shoulda, coulda, would haves you know, of like, <laughs> I should've, yeah. could, I should've done that. I could've done that. I would've done that. And why sing those when you have that ample chance to, to have those, you don't have to sing your shoulda, coulda, would haves like you can, you can make that your life.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. There's nothing preventing you from going back and talking to that person and saying, Hey, I, you know, I really wanted to say this, um, you know, or, Hey, I, I, know, you know, we went to the the formal dance, but you know, I, I really want to ask you out now. I really want to take you out for a cup of coffee and show up as a date. Right. We can always change all that stuff. Um, all those, cause I always go back to, to dating in high school cause those are always those things, right. Where people are like, Oh, like, I wish I would have asked like Sally to the dance or something like that. Yeah. But you still can, you know, and maybe you, maybe you can't go back to high school Maybe you can't go back 10 years and change that, but you can certainly go back to yesterday. You can certainly go back a week, you know, a month, whatever that it might be and connect with those people that you maybe wish you would have left a better relationship with or build a better relationship or to show that you're still there and caring and, and can be there for them in hard times, whatever that that might be for you.
0: And that's really big too of just going back to even if you go back to that high school person, because who we are in our 30s, 40s, above, we're not that same person that we were in high school. And oftentimes that Impression or perception that someone has from us in high school, especially if we weren't our best selves then I don't really know anyone who was their best self in high school personally <laughs> but yeah. But like sometimes like I've even found myself like thinking of someone who maybe was a mean girl in high school And I'm like, ugh, you know Like scoffing at them having no idea who that woman is now who they mm-hmm. are now so it's like I've also have been guilty of then limiting that person to be that person who they were 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. But I don't want to be limited. Nobody of does. Course. We like, okay. we went exactly. Change. Yeah. I love that. And I love that. Like as we're talking about high school, of course, it's just roles in the childhood and you're a new dad, correct?
1: dad I am. Yes. Oh, yeah.
0: Congratulations. Um,
1: thank you. <laughs> so <laughs> yes, I'm,
0: I'm interested to know, and get the perspective from a dad, because we have a lot of moms on the show. So I think I get their perspective a lot, but what has being a parent taught you?
1: It, um, it's really, it's, it's really been a beautiful experience. And I know I probably don't share the same experiences what a lot of other guys have, but I will say after I talk to them and I share it with them, they go, yeah, you know what? You're right. Like I've thought about that, but I've never actually expressed it or wanted to express it but just never did it's it's really the relationship between my wife and I after we had Liliana just was so beautiful because she ended up having to have an emergency c-section which Mm -hmm. thankfully everybody was healthy and safe um she just Liliana just was wedged she just wasn't coming out no matter what we no matter what we did she just was being stubborn yeah um and later we're finding out how the, the, the depths of that
0: stuff. <laughs> yeah. So accurate, right?
1: <laughs> that's right. She was trying to tell us back in the womb. How <laughs> she was
0: gonna be. Yeah.
1: But it was, it was really a chance because, you know, when women go through and have a C-section, you know, they're literally cut in half their, their insides are taken out. It's just a very traumatizing, although we say, Oh, it's just a scheduled C-section. Like that's a traumatic, like, it's trauma.
0: Yes. It is trauma for sure. You know,
1: if you were to say somebody got sawed in half, I would be like, oh my God, are you okay? Right. But they're like a C section, like, ah, walk that off. And you're well, like, I do what? that
0: every day. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: But so really showing up as a partnership of, you know, taking on the responsibilities and really coming from a place of empathy. Like my empathy muscle has just grown so much over the mm-hmm. past 15 months of just trying to see. Like, what is Lily feeling like in this? You know, okay, her teeth are hurting her. Obviously, I would be upset and want to yell and scream if my mouth was completely sore and people are trying to get me to eat something. Right. You know, you get versus oh, like, why are they screaming? Right. You can very easily get into some of that. But when you come from a place of empathy, like you can really start to put yourself in those other shoes and really honor and respect them on a deeper level and then actually show up better. So I've been able to show up better as a father and better as a husband. Because when my wife's not feeling well, I can go like, babe, you're, you're a rock star. You're doing it all. Like, let me help the load. Like, let me do something for you. Yeah. Um, and so it's just really been a beautiful journey of kind of working that empathy muscle. And it's a muscle that we don't really work that often, mm-hmm. right? Because we get so busy in our day that we don't really get a chance to kind of flex that muscle. But, but childbirth really was a, was a great op opportunity to, to flex that and to kind of hone that in.
0: Yeah. And I, I like that you actually shared that your wife had a C-section because at, we can say, you know, men and menhood of like, there's that whole conversation, but there is a strong conversation with females. And I've heard this so many before that. You're not a real woman. If you had a C-section or, Oh, that was the easy way out. And those things like, Hmm. Whew, they like yeah. st- they stir something in me you know like it does yes. it, it gets me a little triggered because it comes back to that I'm like that's still life this this is still a woman that how yeah. you gave birth doesn't dictate whether that birth was valid or not like are you crazy <laughs> so yeah so I like that those things like even come up around those topics and womenhood and it just it still boggles my mind so I'm just glad that you as a man <laughs> were able to acknowledge that that yes Like C sections, surgery, and there there is trauma involved, and not even just—I won't even say just C section um, birth, but a lot of births have trauma involved in them as well. So, so yeah, Yeah, I I love that you talk about strengthening that empathy muscle and that it really came into play in that moment too.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's and it's not easy. I mean, childbirth is definitely nothing. You know, again, when we say it, it's just like, oh, sure, you know, you had a baby, like congratulations. But it's like, no, like there's there's a lot of things, (laughs) there's a lot of things that went right. Like I, I get that, you know, modern medicine and and doctors are greater and, and we know so much more knowledge now, but there's still so much that goes into it and so much pain and so much just emotional stuff that goes into making sure that everything, you know, that mama's happy and healthy and the baby's happy and healthy. And um, yeah, it's such a, it's such a horror, you know, it's, it's, it's unfortunate that there's still that, oh, C-section, you took the easy way out. And you're like, yeah, that's not easy by right. any stretch of the imagination. Because you're, like, congratulations, you took the easy way out. You got sawed in half. And all your right. guts came out. Congratulations. Exactly. And
0: now like, you're going to have to <laughs> heal longer. And <laughs> right, you're yeah, right. like, right. Like, oh, it's going to be a longer healing process for you. <laughs> like, right, hey, necessary. that was the easy way. Oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I
1: remember, pat yourself on the back. That was yeah. the easy way. And you're I like. Get- I don't think that's, no.
0: (laughs) Maybe you have a different perception of what's easy. Maybe we should work that out. Okay. So (laughs) if you could give a piece of advice to someone listening right now who maybe they're just feeling like they are in life's pit and they want to make a change, but they really don't know where to start or they're having trouble being optimistic, what would you tell them?
1: I would say reach out this sounds weird because a lot of times people will be like, we, you know, go inward and try to, um, you know, try to find happiness, have appreciation. A lot of times when people hear that, they don't really, again, if those muscles aren't developed, they have a hard time doing it. It's just sort of like when people tell you just be happy and you're like, well, if I could be happy, then I would just right. be happy. Like I, you telling me to be happy isn't going to make me happier. It's not like but I would say the biggest thing is just to reach out is to have conversations there's so many more coaches there's so many more people that are um starting to open and share their journeys and different ways of looking at things and it's through that that something will trigger inside of you where you're like oh so when they were talking about the inner work like that didn't make sense to me but when i heard this person talk about it this way like that makes a lot more sense
0: right
1: um and and I just we get a better sense of when somebody asks us a question, we'll come up with a better answer sometimes than if we are trying to do it all alone. Because let's face it, the happiest people, the most successful people, however that you want to slice it and dice it, nobody's ever done it on their own. They've mm. always had some type of a helping hand. And I think especially with everything going on with the pandemic um, and so much just unrest in the country that. It's it's time to have those conversations to ask for support and help, um, because that's how that's the only way that we're going to help the collectiveness get to a higher level.
0: Mm, I love that. That is powerful and such. You you put that so beautifully. So thank you for sharing that. And I think, especially you mentioned on the the pandemic. Going inward is great, but if you're already feeling isolated or alone right. or stuck, then going inward is just it it can then just be a, a more isolating space. So I love that advice of reaching out because that does go against almost what everyone else would say. <laughs> so Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And I know you have so much more to share and offer. So where can our audience go to connect with you further?
1: Of course, I can be found on any of the social media platforms at Eric Yusko, um, as well as I I have a website, manofclass.com, and I also have a couple, I actually have a free ebook. So when we're talking about sort of like, what's that next step? Or like, if people are kind of uncertain and and maybe how do I start to take that first step towards a better life? Uh, If you go to manofclass.com forward slash coaching secrets, I had put together an ebook where I use actual coaching examples and actual things and tools and tips and tricks and strategies to help people on that. To like, what does it mean for you to live an exceptional life? Like, what does that really mean? Um, not to just be like, you know, figure out, okay, there you go. It's, it's the, using those real world examples and, and um, some different ways of looking at it that just might spur that idea or that creative side of you enough to, to get you out of that funk or to take that next step towards your exceptional life.
0: How awesome. I will be sure to link that in this week's episode notes. Eric, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure learning from you.
1: I've had a wonderful time. Thank you so much for having me.
0: I love the mission Eric is on and valued the wisdom that he shared. I've linked Eric's website, social channels, and podcast in this week's episode notes found on mindbizlife.com. Don't forget to connect with me on social media. I am always hanging out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at MindBizLife. And hey, the podcast is now even on Pinterest. Find me at Podcast, or if you go to the MindBizLife.com website, it's linked there too. Be sure to share this episode with a friend and leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you tune in and turn it up. I will see you back here on Friday for another episode of Fuel Your Life Friday. But until then, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.